Welcome to Jesus is the Voice of Truth. Cultivating a lifestyle of generosity will transform every aspect of your life, marriage, family, relationship, and your finances. Join Michael Montoya from Jesus for Life Ministries as he reveals the truth to experiencing God's abundance and grace every day. Welcome to Jesus is the Voice of Truth. Today we're going to be studying the Lamb and the Seven Seals. So turn your Bibles starting at Revelations chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. God is seen holding a scroll which has seven seals binding it. The scroll contains a record of judgments that must fall on the earth before the Lord Jesus can set up his kingdom. Let's look at Revelations chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth can open the scroll or even look inside. A strong angel sends forth an appeal for someone worthy to open the scroll and break the seals one by one. No one. Celestial, terrestrial, or subterranean was found qualified to unroll it or to read it. No angel, man, or demon has the wisdom and knowledge to execute judgment. Chapter 5, verse 4. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. John wept copiously when it seemed that no one was found worthy. Did that mean that the wrongs of the earth would go unrightened? That the righteous would never be vindicated? That the wicked would go unpunished? Did it mean that the kingdom would not come because the necessary purging of the earth would be thwarted? Chapter 5, verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. One of the elders confronted John with the glad news that the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root, the creator, the progenitor of David, was qualified to open the scroll, break the seals, and thus release the judgments. Jesus is qualified to be the judge by his infinite wisdom, by divine decree, by personal excellence, and by his work at Calvary. Look at, let's look at John chapter 5, verses 22 and 27. John chapter 5, verses 22. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Let's look at John chapter 5, 27. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. In Revelation, our Lord is represented by both a lamb and a lion. As the Lamb of God, he is the sacrificial one bearing away the sins of the world. As the lion, he is the judge punishing the enemy. At his first coming, he was the lamb. At the second coming, he will be the lion. Let's look at chapter 5, verses 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, the Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. 
When John looked, he saw the throne surrounded by four living creatures and elders. In the middle stood a little lamb, which looked as if it had been freshly slain. The lamb had seven horns, means omnipotence, and seven eyes, which means omniscience. His possession of the seven spirits of God reminds us that the Lord Jesus was endued with full measure of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John chapter 3, verses 34. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives a spirit without limits. The seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth suggest omnipresence. Let's look at Revelation chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. We went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were binding gold, bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. As soon as the Lamb took the judgment roll out of the right hand of God, the Father... The living creatures and elders prostrated themselves before the Lamb. Each had a harp of gold, bowls of incense, representing the prayers of the saints, probably the prayers of martyrs, crying to God to avenge their blood. Revelation chapter 6 verse 10 says, They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Though they handled the prayers, there is no suggestion that they will present them to God and have a part in answering them. Chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God's person, for every tribe and language and the people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. In their new song, they acclaimed the Lamb as worthy to execute judgment because of His predemptive work on the cross. There is a question whether they included themselves among the redeemed, have redeemed us to God, or whether it should read, as in some versions, and did purchase for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Beyond redemption, the Lord has made believers king and priest to worship him, to witness for him, and to reign with him over the millennial earth. Revelations 5 verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. The chorus widened as many angels joined the living creatures and the elders, and choir numbering millions, perhaps billions, all participating in perfect harmony. Chapter 5, verses 12. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Their tribute is one that believers will sing throughout eternity. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power over my life, the church, the world, the universe, riches, all my silver and my gold, wisdom, the finest, my intellectual powers, strength, my physical strength for his service, honor and single pure desire to magnify him in all ways, glory, my entire life devoted to glorifying him, blessing all my powers of praise for him. 
Chapter 5, verses 13. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is with them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Now the music becomes a diapason, a full deep burst of harmonious song. Every creature in heaven and on earth joins in heaping eternal blessing and honor and glory and power on God the Father and the Lamb. The verses parallel Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 and 11 which insists that every knee will bow at the name of Jesus and every tongue confess him as Lord. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 and 11 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. No single specific time is mentioned but it will obviously be after the saved are raised for everlasting life and then after the unsaved are raised for everlasting judgment. Believers will have already acknowledged Jesus as Lord. Unbelievers will then be compelled to honor him. Universal homage to the Father and the Son is an assured fact. Chapter 5 verse 14. The four living creatures said Amen and the elders fell down and worshipped. The finale, as the four living ones say, Amen, the elders fall down and worship the enthroned Lord who lives forever and ever. Let's look at Revelation chapter 6, the opening of the seals. Revelation 6, 1 and 2. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and was given a crown, and we rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the Lamb opened the first seal, one of the four living creatures cried out, Come and see. In response, a rider, possibly the Antichrist, carrying a bow, came forth on the white horse, conquering and bent on conquest. This may represent what is known today as Cold War. The bow possesses the threat of war, but there is no mention of an arrow. Perhaps there is even the suggestion of missile warfare, since the bow is a weapon of distant combat. The rider does not actually cause warfare. It is not until the second seal that the peace is taken from the earth. Let's look at Revelation 6, verses 3 and 4. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, fiery red, the rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. The second living creature summoned the second rider to come forth. This one carried a great sword and rode on a horse which was fiery red. A sword is used in the hand-to-hand -hand combat thus the second seal contemplates invading armies and fierce person-to-person -person warfare. The second rider takes peace from the earth. Let's look at Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard a third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. This rider was holding a pair of scales in his hands. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. 
So in obedience to the third living creature, a rider holding a set of scales came forth on a black horse. This represents famine, which often follows war. A voice in the middle of the four living creatures announced that wheat and barley were sold at prohibited prices. The scales were used to weigh the ration grain and were thus a symbol of famine. The expression, do not harm the oil and the wine, is difficult. Some say that these were the food of the poor. If they were staple items, then they must be protected in order to preserve life. It seems more likely, however, that the luxury items of the rich are contemplated here. Historically, even in famine, the rich can get some luxuries. Revelation 6, 7, 8. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades followed close behind him. They were given power over the fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. The fourth living creature called forth a pale horse with death and Hades as its rider. Death is associated with the body and Hades with the spirit and soul. By the means of war, famine, pestilence, and wild beasts, a fourth of the earth's inhabitants are destroyed. We might think that plagues are no longer a threat because of the modern antibiotics and wonder drugs. However, the great killer diseases are not conquered, but merely dormant. They can spread throughout the world as fast as a jet aircraft can carry them. Chapter 6, verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. Now we are introduced to the first martyrs of the tribulation period. Jewish believers who got out and preached the gospel of the kingdom and who are slain for their testimony. Their souls are under the altar in heaven. Chapter 6, verse 10, they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? They cry out to the sovereign Lord to avenge their blood. As mentioned previously, those who dwell on the earth refer to unbelievers who look upon the earth as their home. Chapter 6, verse 11. Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer, until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. White robes are given to the martyrs, a symbol of their righteousness. They are told to wait until the final complement of tribulation martyrs is completed. Let's look at Revelation 6, verses 12 and 13. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the skies fell to the earth as figs drop from a tree when shaken by a strong wind. The opening of the sixth seal brought tremendous convulsion of nature. A great earthquake shook land and sea, and the starry heavens were thrown into disorder. The sun darkened and the moon turned red blood. Stars fell to the earth like ripe figs when the fig tree was shaken violently. Chapter 6, verse 14. The heavens receded like a scroll being scrolled up, and every mountain and land was removed from its place. The sky receded as if it were a sheet of parchment being rolled up, 
Every mountain and island was displayed by tremendous unhavels. Chapter 6, verse 15. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Not surprisingly, all classes of society were seized with panic. Recognizing that God was pouring out his wrath, they hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Let's look at Revelation 6, verse 16 and 17. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us. From the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? They preferred to be crushed by tumbling mountains and rocks than to endure the judgment of God and the wrath of the Lamb. Too late they realized that no rebel is able to stand up against the Lamb's indignation. I'd like to finish by giving everyone a chance to know Jesus better. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Prayer of salvation is our first real conversation with God. The prayer of salvation is the most important prayer you'll ever pray. When you're ready to become a Christian, you're ready to have our first real conversation with God. And these are the components. We acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God and that He came to the earth as a man in order to live the sinful life that we could not live. That He died in our place so that we would not have to pay the penalty we deserve. We confess our past life of sin, living for ourselves and not obeying God. We admit that we are ready to trust Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. We ask Jesus to come into our heart, take up residence there, and begin living through us. It begins with faith in God. When we pray the prayer of salvation, we're letting God know we believe that His Word is true. By the faith that He has given us, we choose to believe in Him. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hebrews 11:6. So when we pray, asking God for the gift of salvation, we're exercising our free will to acknowledge that we believe in Him. That demonstration of faith pleases God because we have freely chosen to know Him. We are confessing our sin. When we pray the prayer of salvation, we're admitting that we've sinned. As the Bible says of everyone, saved through Christ alone, for all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. To sin is simply falling short of the mark, as an arrow that does not quite hit the bullseye. The glory of God that we fell short of is found only in Jesus Christ. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4.6 So the prayer of salvation then recognizes that Jesus Christ is the only human who ever lived without sin. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 What we are doing is we are professing faith in Christ as Savior and Lord. With Christ as our standard of perfection, we are now acknowledging Him as God. Agreeing with the Apostle John that in the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. John chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. Because God could only accept a sinless sacrifice because He knew that we could not possibly accomplish that. 
He sent His Son to die for us and pay the eternal price. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. Listen, if you want to say it today and mean it with your heart, don't wait a moment longer to start your new life with Jesus Christ. Remember, this prayer is not a magical formula. You are simply expressing your heart to God. And if you'd like to do that, pray this prayer with me. Father, I know that I have broken your laws and my sins have separated me from you. I am truly sorry and I now want to turn away from my past sinful life towards you. Please forgive me and help me avoid sinning again. I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins, was resurrected from the dead, is alive, and hears my prayers today. I invite Jesus to become the Lord of my life, to rule and reign in my heart from this day forward. Please send your Holy Spirit to help me obey you and to do your will for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So now you've prayed this and you're probably thinking, I prayed it, now what happens? If you prayed this prayer of salvation with true conviction in your heart, you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. This is a fact. Whether or not you feel any different, you are. Some religious systems may lead you to believe that you might feel something like a warm glow, a tingling, or some mystical experience. In fact, you might and you might not. If you have prayed the prayer of salvation and you meant it, you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that your eternal salvation is secure. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's Romans 10.9. So welcome to the family of God. We encourage you to find a local Bible-based church where you can fellowship with other believers and grow in the knowledge of God through his word, the Bible. This ministry is listener supported. If you feel that you have benefited from this message from God, please consider helping to support this ministry and give a gift of any amount so we can continue to spread the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit on this platform. Go to JesusIsTheVoiceOfTruth.com and may the Lord richly bless you, your family, and friends. Until next time, God bless and remember, Jesus is the Voice of Truth. I hope you enjoyed today's program. If you have any prayer requests or questions about Jesus is the Voice of Truth, we encourage you to email us at voiceoftruth411 at gmail.com or visit our website at jesusisthevoiceoftruth.com. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to being with you next time. Have a blessed day.